Hey, Johnny, we're here, man. Welcome, guys, M456. We are in the middle of a conversation, kind of like we normally do, and then we just hit record. Um, but, man, it's been, it's been rich already. How you doing, bud? Doing okay. I'm doing okay today. Man. Yeah. So. And why just okay, man? What's going on? Well, just uh, walking through some uh, difficult realities that my kids have to walk through, and you know, I, there's no handbook for being a dad. Um, and so stepping in with other fathers that have done it and have done it uh, with integrity and honesty doesn't mean we haven't messed up and failed, but with integrity and honesty and learning from them how to walk my children through difficult situations. So yeah. that's called interdependence, right? We're such an independent nation. We think we got to do it all on our own and screw everybody else or we're way too dependent on meds and people's opinions and the fear of man and god said i created you to be interdependent where you're depending on one another in a really healthy way and so for you to lean on other men who have walked through what you're walking through with your boys is is vital it's so vital and i think it's what we want to talk about today guys we're pretty excited um you know the generational blessing goes up and down. I was on a prayer call this morning, you know, and I was just encouraging one of the guys on there. I'm like, the things you're choosing into right now to overcome and to pers persevere anyway, that blessing goes up to his parents and his parents are radically changing through this and goes down to his babies, his baby's babies. So the generational blessing goes both ways. I know we focus on the curse so much, um, but it's the blessing, right? And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I, I was sitting in Hebrews 11 this morning. I love the message and I just love listening to the word now. I'm just in my ears. And Hebrews 11, so I want to encourage you if you can do that today or whenever, just listen to Hebrews 11 in the message. But he's just talking about, you know, the, the cloud of witness and, you know, Abraham by faith and Sarah by faith. And even then he says, and I can't go into them all, Gideon. And there's no time to tell you about Samson. And, and you know, we'd all think Samson went to hell because he was horrible. He was sleeping with a prostitute, and right? But he's in cloud of witness cheering us on. But what really struck me in that, John, was he says uh, twice, I think, in Hebrews 11, 12, he says, um, but none of them got to see the promise fulfilled. But they believed anyway, and that's why God accredited it to them as faith. And that's why they're in the cloud of witness. Even though they didn't get to benefit from seeing it all the way done, like Moses, think about that, right? He's up on the hill. God says, you get to see it, but because you murdered those boys back there, you don't get to go into the promised land. And it said that Moses, in his he was old. And it, it literally says in scripture, I love uh, Rob Bell brings out in his book, Understanding the Bible, He's like, um, you know, it, it said that Moses could still be vigorous. I mean, he still he could still get a heart on. And so he was still had vigor in him, right? <laughs> but he, he, God says, you're done. You can't go in because of what you did. So we suffer consequences from our disbelief. We suffer consequences by going backwards to old covenant and not living in new covenant. You know, the, the, the children in, in the desert, children of Israel in the desert never got to tabernacle. They, they had, you know, they, they did Passover, they did the feast, but they never got the tabernacle conquering the land, taking the land. The only two that got to experience tabernacle were Caleb and, and Joshua, right? Yes. The 10 spies were like, we can't do this. What? 
right? And that's where we stopped. And Joshua and Caleb are like, are you kidding me? Did you see the fruit? Man, we're going to feast, right? <laughs> and, 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 and I'm just running into this a lot right now. And old covenant was abstinence. We abstain. New covenant is indulgence. We indulge mm -hmm. the spirit, right? We, we indulge yeah. everything that God is. And so, uh, and we drink him in and we mm -hmm. celebrate and we do all the things, right? So mm -hmm. I just saw Porter in the background. That's awesome. Yeah, he, he just got home from his haircut. So, yeah, I love it. So, Johnny, take us through kind of what God's been speaking to you um, with D David and the generational stuff. And, man, it's so good. Yeah, I got a question for you. It just occurred to me. So, you know, we were talking last night, and we talk a lot on this about mercy we get for free. Um, but grace, how does yeah, that look? Find that, grace. Yeah, we have to find grace. You know, I was talking to – uh, Boston, my oldest, and you know that that statement that Jesus says, "Seek and you'll find." Asking it will be given. Knocking the door will be opened. How practically? What's a way that we find grace? Because you know, John does that great job of saying, you know, where the law came through Moses, and Jesus fulfills the law. You know, he he says, "I came to fulfill the law." I became Moses. I became. I became. I became yeah. Yeah. I and then, but. Yeah, fulfilled it all. Yeah, exactly. And then he says, uh, John says that amazing statement you've heard me say it, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ who baptizes in the fire and in the Holy Spirit. So how do we, before we get into this topic, because obviously grace is going to come up, how do we find grace? Like what's a practical or even a, an experience you've had where you find grace and it makes it makes sense? That's so good, man. And that's a huge question. And it really, the only way you can answer that is, is revelation in the seven churches, but uh, I'll keep it simple for me in the midst of suffering. So let's take my Michael, right? It was just his birthday, really had a hard week this week, just walking through that um, for a number of reasons. I'm having a really hard time with my oldest son right now. And um, Michael came and met me in a dream. Like it was a visitation, like a third heaven experience, you know, all of it surrounding that. Um, and so it's been a hard week. Uh, when Michael died, I, I, I had a choice at some point. I, I can't remember how far into it. I was in shock. Um, we all were for a while and then in deep grief and, you know, we all grieve differently, but the father said, if this stays in your soul, it's going to be fragmented for the rest of your life. If you can move it into your spirit and find grace, I'll redeem it for you. Mm. And so I could have chosen to leave it in my soul and just kept it anesthetized through drinking, drinking it away, bitterness, why you got, why me, God, blaming God, which we all have accusation in our heart towards God. Like Bickle taught us that, right? Um, and we've got to get to that space of forgiving that. But I had to find grace mm. in the midst of Michael's death where it became a gift at some point instead of now mercy. I got God's mercy was there. His love was there. His peace was there. You know, Galatians five twenty two: love, joy, peace, patience. That all was present. That's his mercy. But grace, I have to find that. I, it says like dig for it. Like you would for gold, mm. right? It, it's, it's a treasure because in the midst of suffering, which is a big part of the gospel that we like to leave out in the Western church, he promises we're going to suffer, right? Um, in the midst of suffering, I have a choice. 
to go find grace or stay in my bitterness and my anger. If that, if that makes sense. Man, it does. I, um, I was thinking it reminded me of the statement that John Smeltzer said, and he was talking about living in the heart and it was something that he had noticed and he uh, was sharing it on his CDs and I've heard him say it a bunch of times. But when you were saying that, I was like, Oh yeah. You know, he was talking about how there's such a fear in, and he was talking about the church, uh, people that believe, uh, you know, in the Bible, all the things, um, rather, you know, traditional or non-traditional churches and stuff like that. But he said he's noticed such a fear of the experience of God that we've become much like the Pharisees because we point to the deeds of a person and we use that as, as an example or as in a, another way as the gospel to say why we shouldn't experience God. And we stick to these truths. We stick to what's written and we stay right in this pattern. But when you were saying that, I, that feels like if we stick to that and we use the excuses of, well, this happened to me, or I saw that happen. And I'm going to stick over here. We, we eliminate the possibility of grace because right. we take away the experience. And I'm sitting here and I, I think I'm the experience of grace is probably, I mean, maybe that's the essence of it. Like I, I can cook you a steak. I can show you the steak. I can have it all cut up and looking good. And the steam's rising from it. It's perfect. The juices are rolling, but unless you taste it, you don't know what a steak is. Bigger than even tasting it. I have to receive it. Mm. Right? Mm. I have to actually receive that. My God, my, my friend John made me this incredible steak. And I'm worthy of this steak. Mm. Like I'm going to receive it into my heart. And I'm going to taste it and live it. Because grace is what? It's unmerited. It's <laughs> undeserved. It's God surprises us. Right? And, and it's the only way. By grace I'm saved. Right? Through faith. Right. So if I don't receive new covenant grace and I choose to live in old covenant abstinence and knowledge, you know, I've had a really huge revelation the last two days. I've been looking at this partnership and doing this training school and a guy wants to get some property. And I just haven't had a full yes in my heart. I haven't had a no, but I haven't had a full yes. And what I realized is that I'm a faith guy. Like I, you know, rock the nations. We show students the edge and we push them off. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything I've done in my life uh, in a bad way sometimes, but I've just done it. I've taken the leap. Right. We moved to Spain after Michael died and I lost the company. We had nothing. Guillermo showed up on our doorstep. We didn't even know him with food or we wouldn't for Christmas or we wouldn't have eaten. Mm -hmm. Right. But but in that, I found a grace and a God that I would have never known. I'm not a method guy. I don't believe in seven steps to healing. I just don't think God works that way. He's not a method God. You know, ABC doesn't always equal D. Sometimes it does. Most of the time it doesn't, especially in my life, right? ABC usually equals like L and I got to go back and figure out how to get through the others. And so anyway, I think that's great grace because Jesus says, when I return, am I going to find faith on earth? Well, what does that mean? I, I, I can't get to faith without grace, yeah. true grace. By grace, you have been saved, yes. right? Through faith. Okay. Dude, we're, faith. we're tapping into something here. This is, um, man, this is powerful. I'm just sitting here thinking, what, what are the two ac actions that we experience on earth if it's not faith and grace? If we think about it, the baptism is, is by the Holy Spirit 
and fire, if that's Jesus's baptism, wouldn't it be said that fire is faith and grace is the spirit of God? Because even Jesus said, I have to go because yeah. the Holy Spirit needs to come. So that's, well, that's, that's that's when the new covenant started. It was still old covenant up until that point. The gospels were written in old covenant. They weren't written in a new covenant. I, I, I misquoted the verse. It's Ephesians 2, 8. It's for, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of your doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that you can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So when I get to grace, that's when I find faith. I just wanted to make sure I clarified that. Really important. Bro, that's cool. That's powerful. I mean, the, the entire the entire New Testament, you know, especially after the Gospels, like you said, that you know, we have the new covenant. And Jesus even says the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says the gift. And then Paul is reiterating it using the words grace and faith. Well, and if you Ephesians 1 through 6, the book of the book of Ephesians is Revelations 1 through 11. It is like you go read that. Go read those two together. Paul is just reiterating the book of Revelation that John wrote. The book of Revelation 1 through 6 is the first 11 chapters of Revelation. It's, this, it's a view from heaven and a view from earth of the same thing that Jesus is trying to show us, right? And, and it gets back to Colossians 1, right? It's, it, we are the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? And the harvest is the end of the age. And what is he going to do? He's going to fill the whole earth as the waters cover the sea oh. in his glory. Well, that's you and me. That's us. Right? So, yes, that's grace. So, good question. <laughs> it isn't. Well, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I don't know how many people are listening. Uh, hopefully more. Um, and by the way, guys, uh, we need money. I'm just going to throw <laughs> this in right now after we got done talking about grace and, and faith. Yeah. Um, little commercial. Gary and I need money. Say what? A little commercial here. Yeah, a little commercial, but it's 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 true. This this training this training deal, Gary and I. The heart of M four five six is this: is is to literally impart. How do, what is a father's gift to a son if not grace and faith? Yes, showing Jesus to my children. It's there can be no other there there can be no greater gift that I can give my children outside of showing Jesus in my life. That's right. Showing showing how the father fathers me in my life. And I mean, I'm sitting here and I I can't go through all the stories, but I mean, this is my life over the last eight months. I didn't know it. I knew that the Lord was asking me to take if, if everybody's wondering where I've been, the Lord literally told me to take a break. And I think the break is beginning to end. I'm, I think based on what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing in my heart right now. And you can feel it. You've walked with me through it. Well, let me tell you why it's ending. Here's what happened to me. My um, African brother, Jumbo, uh, is amazing, amazing man, uh, Jumbo and Creek. Jumbo's 300 and some pounds, rugby guy. His wife, five foot, nothing, 120 pounds. So we call Creek his better quarter, right? We live with them in, in Africa. Uh, he was here just coming through Colorado Springs. We spent two and a half hours together. He is working with some guys they're they're billionaires but they don't care they're literally changing nations the the one guy that started this thing changed rwanda the nation not just a few things in the nation malawi 
Swaziland, right? What these guys are doing is they're coming in and they're not leading with Jesus. They're not running around trying to get everybody saved, the gospel of salvation. They're coming into these nations and they're building farms and economy and agriculture and all the green energy and things for these people to employ these people to produce life in these people and their families for generations. And they're watching their lives and they're watching them be Jesus in their country. And people are getting saved by the thousands, not because they came to evangelize them, which Paul never said to do. I know we've messed it all up is discipleship, but how do we get discipleship? We come in and we represent the kingdom without even having to say it. And it's the same thing we do with our children. We represent kingdom without preaching at them, without quoting scriptures at them. We walk them through the word. We walk them through, but it's them watching our lives. Yes. Like Paul looking at Mark, like, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. <laughs> and so that's it. Dude, that's how you get generational blessing in your family. Well, it's man, maybe this, maybe this podcast is for you and I, maybe, I don't know. I'm sitting here maybe. thinking I, <laughs> like, you know, and we'll we'll dive into the verse eventually. But I think prophetically speaking, if I take the risk enough, which I don't care, who cares? I am. But I think maybe that verse is for us. Um, and we were going to talk about First Samuel 17, 34. I, I had to write notes down because otherwise I'm flipping through my phone because my phone's my Bible. No, no, no. So First Samuel 17, what? Uh, 17, 34 through 37. Everybody okay. knows it. It's the... Um, and I'm going to dive into it in a second, but I want to hit on what you're saying about Rwanda. And the whole point, if, if, if you guys haven't listened to Bama, I'm going to pump Bama one more time. Marty please, Solomon, please. incredible man. Um, when I'm done with Kevin Hansen's training on, on old, old and New Covenant, I'm getting pretty close. I've been doing all of his training material. It's incredible. I, I encourage you to do it. I'm going to go back through Bama again. It's mm. that good. Yeah. It's that good. And it... And guys, we're saying this because we want you to take what we're saying and go go find it. You can find these these things. Uh, if you need help with the Hanson stuff, we can get you connected with the men that have this information with Ted himself, with his son. It's well, incredible stuff. It's for free, and you can get accredited. And he's given them to us to give to guys that want to go through this stuff. So, yes, yeah. guys, this is the invitation. If you're wondering, can I do this? You can do it. Stop being a bitch and get up and do it with us. I, exactly. I am sick and tired of seeing a bunch of men laying their swords down. The sword, like we're not, we're not talking about going out and fighting a, 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 an actual physical war. The war is over the heart, right? So exactly. if you're wondering, pick it up. Picking it up is taking the risk, listening to something that you don't understand yet and trusting. This is a step of faith and you get in and then we're here to ask questions and we'll wrestle it. What is the gospel if not wrestling it with family as we see the demonstration of Jesus in our midst every day, that's 100%. the whole point. You know, when, when Paul says, follow me, like you were saying, we are doing this together. We're following Christ together and we're going to trip. We're going to fall. We're going to stumble. We're going to all the, this is the part of the wrestle. So stop being a bitch and get your, get your ass into this. Right. <laughs> come I'm like, on. come on. Woo. But I've wrestled with this phrase, um, a lot. We said it a little bit at Rock the Nations. I've come back and forth to it over and over. Um, but to tie in what I was going to say with Bama. So it, as you go through Bama, you realize um, that God picked this area for multiple reasons where Israel's as a country. But what I want to cover is they were basically it's the crossroads of the world at that time. Crossroads of the world. Yep. And 
one of the things that we like to, to quote, whether in traditional church or not, whether in the streets or not, is God says, be holy for I am holy. But what we forget and what we misplace is we think that is a detachment from society that is pulling away from people that is doing it is not the point. That not is the not point. the point. However you want to, to lump that in, all I believe God is saying through this is like you were saying, we are with Christ. That's the holiness. We're set apart. We're with Christ as we're doing life on earth. That's why Jesus could say, who would not save on the Sabbath? This is holiness. I, I look down and I see my horse falling into a hole. I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to heal a man and tell him to take his mat because he's healed. And in his Sabbath, he's worshiping the Lord. He's seen, he's seen what he's walked through and he's praising. That's his Sabbath. He's not working because work was staying where he was at. It was staying lamed and crippled. Mm. And the point of what the Israel spot and where I'm tying it all together with Bema is he's put us here for such a time as this. We're on earth right now because this is when God wanted us here. So that holiness is we're with God right now. We're set apart right now in whatever field we're in. So this guy, you know, Big Charlie, what, what's his name again? <laughs> the, the, your Jimbo? buddy, Jimbo. Big Charlie. <laughs> Matthias Jumbo. Matthias is his first name, but we call him Jumbo. All right. He's going to, when I meet him, we'll have to chuckle that. I was thinking of Charlie Weiss, the football coach. He's big. (laughs) Oh, you're going to love Jumbo. I can't believe you haven't met him. No, we're we're in Africa. It's it's happening. Yep. Yep. So, all the thoughts. Okay. So, I established that as holiness. So, at Rock the Nations, we often talked about uh, picking up the sword, right? Take the sword. We're going to go do these things. And we've heard your stories about the sword. We've heard, heard some of my stories about my sword. Um, the interesting thing is, and I, I want to read this because I feel like, like when I said, I started thinking this might be for us. Um, this is just a powerful thing that is going on here in first Samuel. Um, so David obviously is having the conversation, you know, with Saul. And if anybody wants to get into the nitty gritty of this, tell me where this experience happened early in the bible the bible does a great job of quoting itself you know so we we see the creation story and then what is noah but a, a, another creation story we over. have a lot of this yeah yeah over and over and over i mean the over. book of revelation is just apocalyptic prophets being quoted over and over and over it's incredible the text baby Get in the text. I'm telling you, after we just got done saying have the experience, the experience, the text just livens the experience up. I mean, That's it's right. it's crazy. But and we're uh, the written word of God, but we need to go to the written word of God. Yes. To yes. combine. Keep going. Well, and it also ties into what you're saying. This this great cloud of witnesses, these men and women that live before us, the ones we know, the ones we don't know. They took the time to trust the Lord and to write these stories down. They took the time. They stepped in faith. And so we're building on this faith. Like, like Peter says, the precious stone to those who accepted Jesus, he is precious to them. And we build on the foundation, the foundation that is Christ. And yes. so we're all building on this. Um, but it's interesting. So David here in, in, in verse 34, and I'm just going to touch on a couple things. He's talking to Saul about why he is qualified to go take on Goliath. And, you know, we've all been a part of the, the service, well, what are the Goliaths in your life? You know, that crap that we hear all the time, which is sort of true, but I get tired of hearing the same, same old, same old. 
but there's this uh basically Saul's trying to talk David out. He's like, you're not qualified. And David talks about it. And this is where I think we come in. I think we're actually speaking this over our lives. When I say this in verse 36, David says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. The uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Actually, let me back up a little bit. I want to go to 35. He's talking about the lion. He goes, I went after it. I struck it. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. Now, the Hebrew does a better job. If you can get a hold of something that's actually translating Hebrew, it says that he came and struck the lion and the lion dropped the sheep. So it says he struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. Then it turned. The lion turned. I seized it by its hair. I struck it and killed it. And so the, the point that I'm wanting to make is we're sitting here talking about grace and faith, but we want to leave that moment and just say, okay, David killed a lion and a bear. Well, let's let's actually think about that. When we think about our lives, like he he's tapping it. He's rescuing the sheep. That's step one. Now he's actually got to kill the lion. He's got to kill the bear. And that's where we're sitting. And I think that's, man, like I said, I, I'm just kind of quoting over our lives. I think we've tapped the lion and now it's time to grab the beard. Yeah. I think that's where we're at. Well, and then you just talking about picking up the sword. So then David goes to the front line, strikes Goliath, strikes him, right, with, with, with the stone, and then picks up his own sword, picks up Goliath's sword, and chops his head off. So it's the same thing he did with the lion. He struck it, the lion had to drop the sheep, and then he killed the lion. He did the same thing with Goliath. Sheep of Israel were out there scared to death. He taps that sucker and says, come on, and then he kills it, and he, but by picking up the enemy's sword and killing him with it. Yes. And then they threw all of their swords in David's tent. So the enemy had no more weapons. The only way you stop the enemy from having weapons over you in your life is to pick up your sword and kill it. Period. Yes. That's your war. Yes. Right. Yes. And that's, I think, the point of what he's trying to tell us. Right. I, I, I can't sit in Colorado Springs in this little apartment for too much longer without going crazy. Right. And, 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 and I'm sitting with people like Jumbo who are actually changing the world. And I'm going, I, I don't need money to go change the world. I don't need anything. I already have the word of the Lord of what field I'm to plow for the next generation. And I just need to get back to it. Now, I'm not going to get ahead of God. But Lisa and I came together in prayer this morning. We just said, it's just time, Father. It's just time to go back out because it is James 127. It is about the widow and the orphan, period. And, and, I, and guys are doing it without having to be financed and all the things we wait for or the proper career path or all everything to come into line so that I could fund things myself. I just don't believe that way. I just can't. Right. Yeah. And I want to show that to my kid. And I did. And I'm going to keep showing it to my grandbabies. You know, we sold everything and moved to Africa, all eight of us. Right. That's not, and that's not because I'm a hero. Right. I was still trying to prove myself to my dad and prove myself to my leaders. And I was still stuck in my first half of life when I did that. But it was an act of faith that I believe God honors. Yes. And, and there's been one after the other after the other of that. And I'm going to keep doing that. Yes. Right. Even if I don't get the promise, even if I get, don't get to walk into the promised land and hold it and touch it, I can still <laughs> see it. Right. In my spirit. I don't have to see it in my flesh. I see it in faith. The opposite of faith is sight, right? So if I can see it and it's simple, it, there's no faith to that, yes. right? 
Yes. I don't know if that's exactly where you were trying to go with that, but I think that's if you don't strike the lion, you're not going to kill a lion. No, I mean, I mean, David had to have the balls to run up behind it and and distract it. He had to hit it to get it to release. I mean, and so you know, we we see these stories of of, of our families and dysfunction, and and we have these bold moves of hitting the lion. Now, what are you going to do? I mean, this is why if, if you guys are saying, okay, what's the practical answer to this? Faith and grace. This is where we exist in this place. And I'm telling you guys, Jesus will show up. I was, I was listening to a deal the other day and it, it was, it was hard to listen to. It was hard to think about a man or a woman being a prop. It was hard to think about it like that. Um, but it's true. God was using, Jesus was using certain things in his time to demonstrate what he was trying to teach his disciples, te teach those people around him. And there's things in our life that God's going to put there to teach us. And what are you going to do about it? Are you going to heal it? Are you going to walk through it? Right. Are you going to sit here and continue to point the finger and say, why isn't this changing? It's like what you were talking about. And it, it it's a great wrap to this idea that we're just touching on with grace. I pray every day, Jesus baptize me with your spirit and with fire because I need this. And whatever demonstration of justice needs to happen today, Father, do it. And I'll, I will walk through it because I, I, I believe that this is what we're sitting at. We're literally sitting at the crossroads of stepping out in grace and faith. If Peter's not a liar, I don't believe Peter's a liar. I see a lot of truth in that man. I see a man walking it out and he says, these things happen. These trials happen to prove the genuineness of your faith. The faith is there. Let it grow. Let it be genuine to you. Step out and start walking through these things that, that the new covenant is begging us to do. That is it. begging us That's to do. The new, the new covenant says, I discipline you because I love you like a child. Right? The old covenant says, I punish you because you're just not living up to it. Right. J Jesus doesn't punish us. God doesn't punish us. God disciplines those that he loves because he wants to produce faith in us. Right. It's a huge mind shift from old covenant, which, again, we were talking, Lisa and I were talking this morning. Still, it's just and it frustrates me for people. But I, I just don't see much new covenantal living in the church. I just don't find it. It's all old covenant thinking, right? And it's why we get so far in a project or so far in something and then we stop, you know, mm -hmm. and again, it's the, the spies going, nope, if they're too big, we can't go. So a whole generation gets knocked out, done, right? It literally is that important to say, mm -hmm. I'm going to take up my cross. I'm going to take up the new covenant every day. Yes. Take up my cross of the new covenant, lay the old covenant down and walk in grace and in faith. Yes. Period. Right. I'm going to find grace today in everything that comes at me, yes. everything, because I know God's going is producing something in me that no one can ever take away. Yes. Right. I mean, it, I yeah. Heart that. Yes. I, well, I, I, I just throw it in that verse. You know, Paul says Christ loved. you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If we think about this and that aspect of what you're talking about, when we're stepping into the new covenant, we're stepping into that place of Christ died for us. He loved me while, while I was still a sinner. I'm, that's my, I'm putting that on and I'm starting my day every day in the love of Christ. Every day I have that set and we go and we find the grace and the faith that we're walking in that day. 
And that's exactly. what we're looking for. That's what Paul did when he and says, it, follow me. And I want to end it with this. You know, when Jesus was standing before Pilate, a, a, a major leader, right? I mean, you've answered him. And he asked Jesus, what is truth? And Jesus doesn't answer him. Why doesn't Jesus answer him? We're the truth. Our, our, our living is the truth. We don't have to answer that question. I am the truth, he says. Right? So he didn't have to answer to, to the law, to the heads of the world at the time. He didn't answer to say, either you accept this and realize I'm the truth, or you don't, you look for it everywhere else. Right? And so it's, fi it's finding that my life, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory, is the truth. If I'm pursuing and living this out, not imperfect holiness, like you said, I love that. Mm -hmm. Be holy as I am holy. It, nothing to do with, am I perfectly godly here in every area of my life? Of course not. I'm not even supposed to be, right? But I am supposed to be living in indulgence, drinking in the spirit, everything the Father has to give me, right? Because I, I'm already saved. I'm already there. I'm already clean. It's all done. Cleanse my, he washed my spirit, according to Hebrews, right? Cleanse our hearts, the pure. And those that see the Lord, what? The pure in heart will see the Lord, period, right? And I believe that's now, and I believe that's eternity, because eternity is now. So this is great. We need to build on this. This, is a, this was fun. This was a fantastic thing to talk about. And I, I love, keep listening to the, how do you say the alpha thing? Uh, it's, alpha. it's pronounced, it's, I've been saying it wrong. I say alpha, it's Aleph Beta. Aleph Beta. It's an yeah. app. It's, it's an it's app. You should get it. It's so good. Yep. Listen to that, guys. Make sure you're listening to Bema if you're not. If any of you are really interested and want to start a discussion group around uh, the Bema podcast, we'd, we'd love to do that. So let us know that. Make sure you're jointhejourneyman.com to watch these on video. Um, and then you can listen to them later. But we always release first to our Patreon people and our, and our members that are in Journeyman. So you can do that at jointhejourneyman.com. All of this is on GaryLisaBlack.com at some point. So the videos, the podcasts, um, the I'm starting to do reels every day. John, just going like mm -hmm. one of just saying the truth on my heart. I think I had 3,500 views on them, really. Which you know, who cares? But it's like, wow, like all Dude, right, that's impressive. Oh, I haven't had 3,500 anything. <laughs> <laughs> I need 3,500 dollars, Jesus. <laughs> Okay, buddy. I love you, man. Great podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening. We are here. You can reach us, and we will listen. God bless you.